Doug and Marty vs. the World is sponsored and paid for by Marty McClendon, Doug Bassler, and Prologue Digital Advertising Agency. Round one, go. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, so excited. Uh, the summer actually starts this weekend, unofficially, because it really doesn't come till June 21st. But let's happy summer, happy Memorial Day weekend. All of you veterans out there, we love you. This is Doug Bassler. And Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Of course, we know that Memorial Day weekend, as Doug knows this as well, is for those that gave the ultimate sacrifice. All too often, we think about a three-day weekend and barbecue, but it really is all of those that laid down their lives in the service of this country. Uh, so take a moment, uh, go visit a graveyard, go see one of your family members or whatever that is served. And like Doug said, those that, are, that have served as, as veterans and those are, that are still serving, um, this is special for them as well. But this really is about those that gave the ultimate price, which is we love talking about. Uh, what does Jesus say, right? No greater love than he laid down his life for his friends, right? As Christ laid down his life for us. These are people that laid down their life for the values in this country and their brothers and sisters that was here uh, at the time. So um, enjoy your weekend, but remember, right? But remember, no Bud Light. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> kidding about that. Well, kind of. And no, not, no Disney Channel. You know, summer's here. Turn off Disney Channel anyway. Come on. There we go. Shut it off. But, Don't give them no money. While okay. you're at it, turn off Fox Nation. Um, that's for Tucker. Um, did, did you hear about yes. the freak out emergency phone call at Target this week, brother? Okay. No, I did not. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me, tell me. So Target put up these big displays of LGBTQ wear, like tuck-friendly girl swimsuits, so you could tuck your male genitalia away and still wear a girl swimsuit and maybe pull okay. it off. And um, they uh, had a big uh, emergency phone call this week to avoid a, quote, Bud Light, unquote, situation. Uh, the backlash was rapid, firm, and, uh, you know, we have power. Now, not being a Bud Light drinker, uh, it's mm -hmm. tough for me to uh, participate in a Bud Light uh, boycott because I'm already kind of boycotting them because I think it's, you know, that, like drinking water anyway. Why not just turn on the faucet and have some water? Um, but the, good, the one good thing about Bud Light in the past when I, when I drank beer is it only had 90 calories. So that was good because you're trying to, you know, not gain weight, but no, the whole thing, they actually doubled down on the, a follow-up commercial, like you, like you said, or somebody else said, they probably had it in the can, they played it anyway. That's just dumb. You don't play or broadcast stuff that you know is going to hurt your bottom line. Billion, over a billion dollars of lost revenue because of this Bud's Light thing. And to your point. Well, they took the Target displays, pushed them to the back of the store, made them one-third the size, because, you know, it's, it's Gay yeah. Pride Month in June. I know. So, Which is insane. You know, in in Tacoma, in Pierce County, the Pierce County Council, um, not only do they have Pride Month, June, they've named July in Pierce County additional uh, a Pride celebration, you know, LGBTQ, whatever. So it's like, are you kidding me? You get our veterans, our Memorial Day, 
for um, those that give their ultimate sacrifice one day, Veterans Day one day, right? Armed Services Day one day, but you give two full months or it's just insane. But I wanted to talk, you brought up a story, right? About this pushback at targets. Very, very good. Did you see the one about the Los Angeles Dodgers, the baseball team in LA? I huh? did not. Now this is uh this is going to be new to me. I'm, I'm on the edge of my seat, brother. On the edge of your seat at almost the exact same thing. Oh, what they were doing is they're having their pride parade, you know, down in LA, the Dodgers were going to have it at their stadium. So you're okay. Fine. This is something that it, is probably out, not outside the normal, what they've normally done over the last several years. But there was a group um, called the, uh, I got the name right. Basically they were, um, they were um, drag queens dressed up like nuns and they were called the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence or something like that, right? Basically it's an affront to Catholics everywhere, Christians and, and you know, the whole idea, right? Well, apparently the Christians in L.A. Um, rose a stink and the L.A. Dodgers decided to disinvite this group to the pride parade, if you will. Well, then the backlash in California for them disinviting made them reinvite them again. So they got this back and forth about this group that is taking off Catholics, taking off Christians, whatever, but they're actually being reinvited. So you got a whole lot of media attention for a group that shouldn't have had any brother. Um, so there is this, like you said, we have a lot of power when we, when we uh, protest, but we had to stay engaged and say, no, you made the right decision the first time to minimize, put them away or to disinvite. But here we go. Right. Well, um, you have a certain brand of pickup now that has a new commercial out. That's uh, got a rainbow version of the Raptor. Uh, and, uh, celebrating diversity. So I'm back brother. I was back to baseball, apple pie and Chevrolet, uh, based on at least Chevy doesn't have a pride, commercial on their Raptor truck. Um, so I think I'm going to stick with the Ram truck, I think. And, um, you know, imported from Detroit. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to have to give up baseball now, brother, as well. So let's go football. Um, and uh, apple pie is still OK, as far as I can tell. I, I haven't had I any problems. Have you had any problems with apple pie? Brother? No. How about rugby apple pie? And <laughs> <laughs> you know what you call them? Rugby players, right? What's Sir. that? <laughs> <You're just right. laughs> okay, yeah. That's not, that's, that's full contact football, soccer, and no pads, bro. I had, I had a friend. He, I probably still have a friend, but I, I haven't seen him for years, but he used to be a big time rugby player, not a pro player, but like a full-time collegiate um, sort of semi-pro type thing. He had separated his bicep like five times. So it had like this little bicep up by his, almost like a shoulder and the rest of it was like scarred and stuff from rugby. He's like, I love it, man. I love it. <laughs> like, you're nuts. <laughs> but, you know, scars are scars are good, brother. <laughs> Tattoos are scars, I guess. Kind of. You got true. one of those. So. Yeah, a self-imposed scarring. So, okay. Did you see, there's another story out there for our listeners this week um, that I wanted to bring up on our show. And I've been talking about, you and I have been talking about, first of all, human trafficking, the southern border, 
um, this election integrity thing seemed to be all encompassing in the spiritual warfare. I'm, this is about the Southern border. Well, um, Democrat representative Salazar has proposed a bill in the U S house about giving amnesty to illegal aliens. And then even more so the, the question I have you, it says that the American chamber of commerce has come out in support of giving amnesty to these illegal aliens, right? In support of the Rep. Salazar's bill. I remember over the last probably decade that you and I have been, uh, or more than than a decade, uh, involved in local politics. And I, I saw back then, it used to be, I thought the business owners and conservatives would align more with the Chamber of Commerce. But it seems like over the last decade, the Chamber of Commerce really isn't, uh, hasn't been voting and supporting pro-business friendly American. It's been more of this open borders, international market type thing. Why do you think that is? Isn't a chamber made up of business owners or is it not? Right. And so the the entire uh, situation of Christians withdrawing uh, from the seven mountains. Okay. We talk about the seven mountains, the seven mountains, uh, just as a quick refresher, are the seven major levers that influence culture in our society. And they mm-hmm. are as follows, family, business, government, arts and entertainment, media, education, and the church or spiritual life. Those are our mm-hmm. seven mountains. And you're probably wondering how I know all seven of those because it's always like a struggle to remember them, right? I made an acronym FB games, family, business, government, art, media, education, spirit, FB games. Nice. That's, that's how nice. I do it. So just in case you were wondering, I let yeah. you in, a, I let the curtain down for you and our listeners yeah. how to remember, but the chamber of commerce is part of the business mountain, right? We've had a few business people who have done amazing things. Look what, look what Hobby Lobby has been doing with these uh, Jesus commercials on the Super Bowl and different things. And, um, look at Chick-fil-A. Uh, mm-hmm. they, I think they actually got together, right. And did those commercials. And, um, and we've seen some, you know, some things there, but you know, this, this idea that I'm going to cancel you if you go against the, the Democrat platform, right. Uh, mm-hmm. socialism, communism, whatever. I mean, I can't even believe that Americans are even thinking about that. But of course, you know, I've been around for a few years and we, you know, we were like, you know, freedom, freedom. Mm-hmm. And and it's just, it's a pack of lies. It's a pack of lies. Communism never freed anybody from any economic, anything, unless you were in the top 3% of the communist party. And that was it. And they still lived like kings and luxuriously, mm-hmm. but everybody else was slaved, poverty, You'll have nothing and like it. And when they say like it, that means you'll like it. It's like when your mom told you to eat spinach, you will eat the spinach and like it even if you hated it, right? And so yeah. we're going we're gonna to eat the poverty and like it because they said so. And Freedom built the Ford automobile. Freedom made the telephone. Freedom made the computer. Freedom made manufacturing, railroad, transportation, industry. Freedom created wealth unbelievable massive regular people wealth america is stinking rich the rest of the world scratching around trying to figure out how they're going to eat 
Mm-hmm. We, we're trying to figure out where we're going on vacation. Right. Clean water, a place to use the restroom. Not everybody in the world has a toilet still, you know, running um, plumbing. I mean, this is crazy. Not everybody yeah. has Netflix. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> like me, I don't have it. Or high speed. Um, I can blame the internet slow. Come on. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and that's, that's freedom that, that did that. That wasn't communism. That wasn't, that wasn't Obama. You didn't build that, you know, slaves built it for you. Right. That's just baloney. You know, the, the Ford motor company back, you know, turn of the century, the first half of the, uh, the, the 20th century um, created an, an amazing middle class, not only the employees of the Ford motor company, but think of all of the correlating industries that now had trucking instead of horses and wagons that now, you know, the petroleum industry, the tire industry, the parts industry, the garages, the, the car lot dealers. Think of all of the bazillions of jobs. And it created a very wonderful, mobile middle class that now had freedom of movement. They could go long distances. We, I mean, who doesn't love a road trip, brother? Right. Nice. But now they want to take that away from you. They don't want you to have cheap gas. They don't want you to have a a car you can afford that's reliable, that can get your kids to college and all this different thing. They want to, they want to control us. And we've got to tell the truth about America. America is wonderful. If you, you know, last year I traveled to Jamaica and I told my, my wife, we have to leave Jamaica because we were at Sandals and see actual Jamaica and actual Jamaicans live in concrete houses that barely have any electricity and running water maybe got an outhouse i mean that's jamaica mon and that's not you know that ain't that ain't america and they're thank god for the sandals resorts all over the island and the other ones that bring in american cash and all this kind of stuff right that supports that 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 nation and uh, and we love it and you know what and they were still proud of their country they were mm-hmm. very proud Jamaicans and they were, you know, very patriotic. And, you know, so they're they're trying to um, make us ashamed for our freedom and our wealth and our prosperity and our liberty and our, you know, you know, our ability to be what God wants us to be. See, that was the whole point of America, right? The America has been proven was a direct result of the Reformation. So when when Martin Luther put his 98 theses, you know, on the chapel door. And we started to pull away from the Catholic church and people, the Gutenberg Bible got printed and we put the Bible in plain English. And we started to say, Hey, we need to personally have a relationship with God and God loves us individually, not as a group. Mm-hmm. And the individual is important. America became a nation because they thought, well, if God, if God calls someone to do something, they should have the freedom to do that and not do what the king says or the, you know, whatever the slave owner says. Mm -hmm. Now, it obviously didn't work for everybody right away, but eventually we got the slaves free. You know, eventually it started to work out. Didn't work out real good for Native Americans initially. Uh, But, uh, you know, there's... Not to say, you know, it's nobody's perfect. No, no yeah. nation is perfect, but this one's pretty good. When you if think it isn't about good, it, if it isn't good, Marty, yeah. then why do all those people at the Southern border want in? Exactly right. The tens of millions of people that are already here. And then the tens of millions that want to get in here because it is the land of opportunity. It is the value system that allows people to um, change class, to make it something for the next generation 
Um, it, it is the thing that they're trying to dumb down and make obsolete anymore because it allows people to resist a traumatic whole government. It allows people to come together to pursue and take risk and, and have opportunity and give and, and speak their mind and so forth. It's, it's uh, yeah, it needs to be protected. And to your point, this is a value. You mentioned earlier about the, the uh, um, Ford Motor Factory, right? And the, the working class, the middle class, basically growing out of that. Now, it just, it reminded me, think about just recent history, probably in when you were just a, you know, 30 or 40 year old. I mean, not that long ago, brother. Um, many, many when, years ago, brother. When, when Before uh, electricity. There we go. When <laughs> Boeing, before Boeing left and got his headquarters elsewhere, about 40% of all people like were touched by some way by an ancillary system or somebody working for Boeing, Boeing making jets, manufacturing, manufacturing, all these things. But talk about middle class. I mean, a lot of these Boeing workers that were just on the assembly line were making $80,000, $90,000 a year. The engineers making 150 good living wage jobs. And then you have local and state politicians um, driving them out of town. Honestly, right? Uh, why is that, right? Unless you don't want prosperity, unless you don't want this strong, um, bustling middle class that buys houses in suburbia, right? Uh, and drives. Well, they don't cars. want us buying houses. They want us oh, all to live in pack and stack, man. You yep. got a four story building with some shops down on the lower level, and you take the light rail and you lose your mobility and you become a cog in the wheel. They don't want our girls to get married and have babies. They want them to work as bank tellers and assembly line workers. They don't want you to be happy. They want to to become a cog in the wheel. So how do we, you know, remind? See, that's the whole transy thing. Like, I'm not happy here. I'm not, It's all dissatisfaction, right? Like, one of the things that really ticked God off back in the Exodus, uh, actually, you know, Coming out of Egypt, he had these 10 plagues. He did all these great miracles. He got them out. He proved he loved them. He fed them manna, brother, every yes. day. You don't, you don't, you know, you, you got the food thing handled. You just go out and get some manna in the morning. You're good to go, you know? And now we can just, you know, whatever. And he had, he had that's rock following around, giving him water. Okay. So, I mean, this is kind of a supernaturally miraculous thing. And yet, what did they do? They started to become victims. Oh, that we had died in Egypt. And they started to become, oh, I wish we had some meat. So he gives them so much meat, it comes out their noses. It makes them sick, and, right? Yeah. Uh, they get bitten by snakes. All this stuff happens because they're not thankful. If you're thankful, it's tough to start complaining. If you say, thank you for this. Thank you for that. In everything, give thanks. I think it says that somewhere in the book. Yeah, it probably does at least once. Yeah, or twice. <laughs> Always give praise. Uh, God, and all. God works all things together for good to those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That's you if you believe in him and you're called and all that stuff. And we have this individual individuality. And now, you know, I used to say uh, everyone is born unique and then an original and then they spend, it's like they spend their whole entire life trying to be a copy, right? I got to right. put my hair that way. I got to do this. I got to, you know, one of my, uh, one of my daughters had some friends over the other day and she was just going on and on about how much better her nose looked now that it was pierced. 
And I'm thinking, well, that's delusional. There you go. But you know, I mean, I didn't, right. you know, I didn't confront her. I like, you know, I love her. I want her to do good. I want her to be blessed in life. And, and you know, if that nose piercing is what it takes, I guess, to be happy, then that's, that's cool. Rather see that than have her strap on male genitalia that was removed from her arm that doesn't function. Oh my gosh. Whatever. Right. I mean, you know, this kind of stuff is, is, uh, you know, Franklin Graham, son mm-hmm. of famous evangelist Billy Graham, who's actually yes. getting quite elderly himself and looking very white haired these days, uh, said every demonic force in hell has been loosed on America. Would you agree with that, brother, or disagree? It certainly seems like it has. You can't argue know. with Franklin Graham, brother. You just have to. Agree, otherwise, you're just. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, even when my grandma was cheering on that, um, yeah, the vote 2014, 2016, around that, I think 2016. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, when he said the communism at this very core is anti God. And I'm on the Christ. Yeah. Anti Christ. Because it is, you know, it has to be a rejection of Christ, right? Because it believes that they are God, the government is God. So the destruction of family, our values, all God's purposes is, is in the gist of it. So this battle is, is economic. It's political, but it's spiritual at its root. It's good versus evil. It's God versus man's own way, following the enemy, right? So, um, yeah. And so, yeah, I think to your point of all hell breaking loose or being released on America, I think on the world, specifically America, I um, and I just don't see, you know, a lot of resilience at this point. And yet, I still think just a few months ago, we had this thing at, Asbury and at um, Baylor and Texas A&M and other schools. I'm like, okay, so God's doing something in the midst of this as it gets darker, right? So the light will be brighter. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, I think he's right in his assessment that, yeah, we're fighting true evil. And it's not evil that has to hide anymore. It is evil that's taken its mask off and is flaunting itself in front of us as the body of Christ, as the church taunting you know in many ways with these these uh, uh pedophilias this the sex ring this uh, human trafficking you know and this is what i want to bring up earlier um the recent report there's more people in slavery worldwide than there ever has been more so than during the slaves and whatever we're talking about you know people of all races and tribes white black and asian but they're in slavery plus human trafficking is such a massive thing when we say that is people are taken against their will, put in either to working or into the sex trades, you know, and, and much of them are young, young people. It's just, it's a, it's a travesty. And all the things, the policies around the Southern border and the drug trade only cover that up, fund that and hide that uh, from law enforcement, brother. It's just, it's something that um, we've got to wake up to. And put a stop to, but that just used to be this sacrosanct. You can't touch a kid, and now it's they. People are looking the other way, and that's really, really sad. When people get so numb and so focused on their own sort of their own existence that they don't notice the misery around them, that's just wow. Yeah, and there's over eighty thousand children that have come over the border that are missing. They're all mm-hmm. at Biden's house. Um, you saw this big, uh, you saw this big hullabaloo this week about Bill Gates and his affair with the, you know, young twenty, early twenties girl. This is from about ten years ago, uh, Russian girl, and um, and it it caused them to bring up the um, 
uh, Epstein uh, with uh, Melania, uh, not Melania, right. Me- M- Melanie Gates, uh, Bill yes. Gates' uh, wife has divorced him. Yeah, over yeah. this whole thing. And she said, but she was saying she met Epstein once and he was evil personified. You know, and she's like, this is a, you know, I don't want my husband hanging out with this guy, but, but my husband likes to hang out with this guy because the, the you know, Epstein now, uh, Benny Johnson, I watched that thing, a YouTube called the Benny show. And, um, he, he's been saying that, that Epstein was a CIA, uh, operation, right? They purposely, the reason Epstein got away with it for all those years was because the CIA was behind him and they would use that to trap uh, wealthy, important, powerful people like Bill Gates, and then use it to blackmail them, to coerce them and to get them to do what they wanted them to do. So, um, and I'm like, okay, that's not an angle that I thought of. Right. But it's, uh, it's Epstein, Epstein, so the, the whole reason this thing came out was because the, it came out that Epstein was blackmailing Gates to try to get him to put a hundred million into some, you know, inv- investment thing. Right. So, right. uh, so this is, you know, now like, okay, well that makes a lot more sense, right? Epstein has a, you know, he has a way of entrapping, enslaving young, you know, 14, 15, 16 year old girls or whatever, and then selling them basically using them to, um, entrap powerful people. Uh, the, isn't that why we don't have all his tapes and stuff? I mean, exactly right. Adam. JP Morgan Chase, right? Um, a big execs there from the banking industry. You got Biden, you got Clinton, you got some bunch of these movie stars on there on the on the logs going over there. Think about this. You're, you're exactly. Did you know there right. are even if people that was, don't think there's even people that think Epstein's not dead? Yeah, I know. We we you know if the CIA angle here we are with our Tim Farrow hats. If if the CIA angle is true, it's very plausible. He probably is alive, brother. Doppelganger, body double. Yep. Put a dead guy in there, kill it, somebody else, pass it off as him, you know. If you have the guards falling asleep, the roommate being moved, uh, Epstein hanging himself with uh, with a um, sheet that Rubber wasn't in the room, right? All, all <laughs> this stuff, you know, in the room, uh, it would make a lot more sense if this was designed, right? So it's uh, I, okay, don't even, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. it was designed. The, the, the yeah. things I didn't, you know, the things I didn't know or think of at the time, obviously it's been a few years now is, was that Epstein a CIA, you know, uh, uh, operation. Uh, right. And it looks like you could have been, and is he actually dead? But regardless, it's a setup, right? I mean, there's yeah. no way in the world that these, all this series of coincidences could just happen. And I think everybody knows it, but who's going to do anything about it. It's like the Durham report that just right. came out. Right. There's all of this, you know, FBI, CIA stuff, Hillary yeah. Clinton stuff, but Were why FBI, no charges? The FBI, DOJ knew, and the members of Congress knew there was nothing there and it was coming from Hillary Clinton, yet they were so motivated to push this false narrative, the story, lied to the American public and push this thing to meet their agenda to do the impeachment. It's just, it's it's amazing to me. Um, I shouldn't be shocked at how far they'll go to win an election or to have power and control, right? The absolute power corrupts absolutely the whole, the whole saying here. But I wanted to, before we leave the Epstein thing, it's, it's one of those things where he is just one member of the cog of a huge 
pedophilia ring worldwide. We know people are connected to it left and right. And like you said, it may be a CIA thing when we find out the CIA actually, you know, were was involved in the assassination of JFK still around. We know that these bureaucracies are lawless, making up their own rules, FBI, DOJ, whatever the upper echelons coming out. The more we learn, it is almost a scare. It is scary on what they have on us, what they can do with us. But Ghislaine Maxwell, the fact that, you know, what, whether it was or not, the fact that she was actually caught, indicted, but nobody that they trafficked children to has even been brought up. And then we, I mean, we've heard people say, well, that's because the people that were on the list are in power and they're untouchable, if you will, or they have dirt on them. But nowhere, no, at no time have I seen a case where someone was convicted of a crime and the people they harmed were not mentioned, brother. The, the people that were trafficked, the people that were uh, abused, the people that were involved in the trafficking and the buying of the trafficking, that's not been released. That, uh, and it's not, not even close on the same spectrum, but just a few weeks ago, we had this murder of Christians in the Christian school by the transgender uh, assassin, right? That wrote a manifesto on why they were doing it. And they still won't release the manifesto of, of his reasoning why he went on this murderous rampage. Um, she, 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 yeah. Biological the point, female. The point is, is, is the press and the, those in the administration will not let any information get out, any truth get out uh, to the American public that they don't want, that doesn't fit a certain narrative. And that's where shows like yours and ours, you know, we need to, we talk about things, hey, this is not right. This is not the truth. This is whatever. Um, hopefully people will look into it, but they're not getting it. Um, there's well, a Fox big, just called. They canceled our five o'clock show, brother. Just want you to know. That. <laughs> there's a big whitewash going on and, and a silencing. We've yeah. we've yeah. seen evidence, even with the Twitter stuff, with the CIA work and FBI should, should say working with Twitter executives and the Democrat Party to silence and to squelch any conservative speech around Hunter Biden's laptop or whatever. COVID vaccine. Right. All of this stuff uh, as disinformation. What's going to happen? They had hearings. Now what? Is anybody going to pay the price? That's where the two tier justice. Uh, I have news for everybody. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. And God has called all things to account. And will not the judge of all the earth do right? Uh, To quote uh, Father Abraham, who had many sons, and I'm one of them. And so are you. Let's just (laughs) praise the Lord. But uh (laughs) <laughs> I knew it's a musician thing. Yes. <laughs> but but we there is a there is a judgment. There is a there is a hereafter. There is um you know some things that are gonna come and and I believe that God is actually moving in a in a prophetic way and he's also moving in an apostolic way. And the the thing about the apostolic, which is, you know, we, we kind of let the apostolic go. I mean, back in the 60s and 70s, the, the apostles were, you know, 12 dudes that hung out with Jesus, right? But if you read the, really read the Bible, especially the New Testament, this is full of apostles and some of them are even women. So yeah. um, there's a lot of, you know, um, 
apostles out there and that's been kind of lost but apostles are are they're kind of warfare people they're like they're like patents they're like you know they're like uh omar bradley types uh, uh douglas macarthur types right they're real aggressive and they they take land and they don't back down and they're there's another there's another level with them now uh, many of the prophets were kind of apostolic in the sense of like elijah that was prophesying to kings and he was like i you know the lord before whom i stand well he was standing before the highest authority in the land the king but he was talking about the higher authority and so this kind of thing is it's going to combine with a new um that spirit that you know you have joshua 1 9 tattooed on your arm uh-huh. and it's that says what to be, uh, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous, not to be fearful or dismayed for the Lord God is with you wherever you go. Okay. Yep. Now that's that spirit, that Joshua spirit mm-hmm. and that, that, that admonition from God is coming upon people. And we are beginning to realize again in the seven mountains that we do not have to bow the knee to the devil. We don't have to bow the knee to bail. They want to come out of the closet. We should come out of the closet even more. We're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Jesus Christ. You might want to not do that. You know, there's a lot, there's life after death. You might not want to do that. You know, you know, you're going to be held accountable. You can be forgiven. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness and he changes our heart. Right. So it's not a religious thing. It's a spiritual thing. And we, the individual, that's again, back to America, you know, what's based on the individual. We, the people, not we, the government, not we, the king, not we, the president, we, the people, we are the ultimate authority in our government. And when we talk about the chamber of commerce thing and all these other things, is because we've abdicated, we didn't go in there and run for or apply for the job. And so they just keep hiring these woker people. And that's, it's, it's, you know, we used to call it brother. I don't know if you remember this, but we used to call it the new age movement. Do you remember that back in the day, the new age, this is new age religion. Man is God. And, and isn't that what Jesus said? He said that the the man of sin is going to come. He's going to say, I'm God, right? He's going to take the place of God and stand in this place of God. Where, Where is the place of God, brother? The place of God is not a temple or a tent anymore. It's in our hearts. Yep. If you say I'm yep. God in your heart, you're taking the place of God in your heart. When you think about it, you're exactly right. A hundred percent here. When, uh, when all the kids are told now, first of all, that you can choose who you want to be, that, that God made a mistake or there's no God, that your parents don't know what they're talking about, that you can be either sex or multi-sex or whatever. And it's about you. It's about self-pleasure, self-fulfillment, self-whatever. That's empty. That is empty. We know when, when the word, word of God says we die to self and then we live in him, right? That's this life that he has for us. He created us for, um, you're right. You know, um, putting yourself on the throne is an abomination and, um, all too often that's what society school education is what, uh, the media, social media is pushing on our kids. Oh, you're, you're a star. You're this, you know, that's it's like, everybody succeeds. Oh, don't be offensive. You know, um, no one can question your motives. That's not things. That's your, you know, that's your truth. You know, how how truth is subjective. Even math can be the point where if you get offended by it, then you can be right. No, that doesn't work that way. There is an absolute truth. Um, there is a standard that we have to um, be measured up to. That's why we all fall short. That's why we need Christ Jesus and the blood shed on the cross. 
you know, this idea that, oh, no, I'm better than so-and-so. Well, no, it doesn't matter. It's not the, what we were judged. You know, there is one standard. <laughs> yeah, the, the Bible says that we those that compare themselves with themselves, in other words, we care, compare ourselves among each other, are not yeah. wise. Right? We need yeah. to compare ourselves with a holy God who never sinned, righteous, loving at all times. How do you uh, measure up? You don't. You, yes. need, you need his spirit. You need him. You need him to be merciful to you, a sinner, right? God have mercy on me, a sinner. That Jesus said, that man went home justified. That man yep. went home justified. And the other one that said, oh, I'm glad I'm not like those other guys. I tithe. I go to church three times a week and everything else. And yep. and uh, the other guy's like, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. And Jesus said, that guy went home saved. Mercy had, you know, justified, forgiven. Yes. And, yes. and, you know, I don't care how good you do on your best day. You don't measure up to Jesus. Your best like, day you ever had in yeah. your life is not yep. like a Jesus day. I'm sorry. You, you didn't make it. And, no and, if, you, and if you did, if you think you did, then you need to repent of lying Yep. and self-delusion. When you ask people about great people, even Mother Teresa did not measure up to Christ. That's just the whole idea. We can't. We're human. We're in the fallen nature. We can do good things because by the power of God and the Holy well, I got, Spirit. I got some stuff. Mother Teresa got angry. She did some bad stuff, bro. But there we I'm go. just saying. Yeah, yes. It, so, you know, she was uh, like justified at times, yeah. but she went too far. And, you know, I'm just saying, look, yeah. Mother I, Teresa, Gandhi, yes. you know. Uh, Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, when um, the Lord appeared before Isaiah with the cherubim, and what do you say? I'm undone. I'm a filthy rags, right? This idea that, that, that understanding the holy presence of God, how, and this is a guy that was serving God. This is a guy that was called, right? And prophetically He was speaking. already prophesying at the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was five, and, and he was six chapters in. Well, it's like, <laughs> I'm filthy rags. I mean, just that right there. That's. He needed the, atonement that the. the the yeah. angel came and got the coal, touched his tongue, said, well, cleanse your mouth, all this stuff, right? He's like, I'm foul-mouthed or whatever. Um, Yeah, brother. I mean, you're preaching good. I'm not going to shout you down. <laughs> shout it. Go ahead. You know. No, but I'm, t you know, there's, um, this is what we've got to do. And and now more than any, you know, I've been active in politics. I've I've done lots of stuff and worked hard at it. And the more uh, I look at today, now I'm not backing off politics. I'm running for office again here in King County. I'm running for a director of elections. Um, I don't believe that it's a winnable race, but again, it's every fight is worth fighting. And I believe in election integrity and all that stuff. So if you want to give, it's statewide, right? I mean, not you can't vote for me over there in Spokane, but you can give money because where is all the election fraud coming from in Washington State, King County? Yes, so, sir. Any rate, so I'm I believe in that, but I'm become more and more convinced that the only way, the only hope that America has is a great awakening, a revival, is a is a touch of God, a move of God. And you know, where do those come from? Where do move of God's come from? If you look at like the Welsh revival, if you look at Azusa Street, if you look at, you know, Acts chapter, let's just go back to Acts chapter two. They were up in one accord in one place. They were praying. They were seeking God. You know, we can bring revival because we want it. And when we yes. recognize that we need it and we're going to go for it, 
you know, I heard uh, there was a, a give him 15 this week with Dutch sheets. I don't know if you ever checked those out, yeah. but he was talking about how the Lord had sent this prophetic guy. He was at this church in Colorado. He was pastoring a church in Colorado and said, for the next three months, you got to do 24 seven worship. And they're like, Oh, how do we do that? And it's like, well, we have to obey God. And so that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, for three months, they said the presence of God got so thick and it was addicting. People were coming after work. They were going before work. They were spending the night. They were bringing the kids in sleeping bags and spending the night. And it's because the presence of the Lord was there. So we have, you know, these, a lot of people wow. look at these prophetic guys, Hank Kuhneman and stuff, even mm -hmm. Mario Morello and stuff like that. And they, they look at that as like the daily horoscope, right? Tell me some good right. stuff today right. or whatever. And Tell me something good about me. Yeah, but the prophetic word is, as I'm looking at the Bible, it's always got an if to it. Yeah. If yeah. you'll do this, then this is what God's going to do for you. And this idea, now I just read uh, today, actually, that all seven churches in Revelation, right? Every mm -hmm. one of them pretty much had something good going on, but they all had most of them had something that needed to get corrected. And, if you know, look at the seven was, churches. Yeah. yeah. Look, at seven churches. look at Jeremiah, look at Isaiah. You look at all of the prophets in the old Testament, even John the Baptist, they came with the word of correction. The idea was you, you've gone astray, return back. You've got, it's this, this, this point where they bring correction and direction. If you will, this is what God's going to do, but this is what you have to do. This is where you've gone astray. This is how faithful God is. Every single one of those episodes, it's, it's the people saying, God's speaking, you know, a word of correction, right? Because he loves us, right? They says, don't spare the rod, right? It's the idea that he corrects and disciplines the ones he loves. So he brings a word of correction through the prophets, always. Even when it, David, when David cheated with um, Bathsheba and had the husband killed, right? He'd sent a prophet to speak a word to, to bring him to admonishment, right? The idea here, you made a mistake, right? Here's what it is. It's, it's a word of correction. It's, it's, it's the, like you said before, apostles in many cases were ones were sent and they established. Here is the church. Here is the establishment. Here's the word of God, you know? And then there's like teachers and preachers that would be in align with that, but every, and then God would send prophets into the groups. And when they got astray, when they got off course a little bit for course correction, they bring a word of God in and say, all right, you've been doing good, but you've allowed this to happen in your congregation. And I just love that, how it works together. But, you know, so that prophetic word is, it's not a horoscope. It's not a, a oracle you go into and say, and tell me about my future. It really is God speaking into life and saying, follow me. This is where I need you to step. This is where I need you to go or whatever. Right. Come on to me. It. Yeah. Yeah. Come to me if you're, you know, so let me tell you a tale of two cities. All right. There's two cities really bad. Both of them very, very bad. Um, one of them, uh, God decides to send this prophet guy, but the prophet guy is like, he's like not, happy about it because he knows how wicked the city is so he decides to get this boat ride and go another way so they the this big storm comes up and they toss him overboard and he gets swallowed by a giant like fish thing and uh -huh. then uh he repents and he goes to this wicked city of nineveh and he's and uh, dude this guy must have been some preacher because he walks around the city and the king orders everyone to repent everyone to fast they even made the animals fast brother and God did not destroy that city. He spared that city. And none of us survived for, you know, maybe a hundred years or more after that. Mm -hmm. 
Right. And then you have this other city. You've got two pretty righteous dudes. You've got Abraham who's interceding and praying for the city. And you've got Lot who's living. He was called righteous Lot was being vexed. So these angels show up in, in Sodom and they're going to like destroy it. And um, they're like these, the men of Sodom want to like sodomize them angels. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Lot gets, Lot gets out of his house. He goes, don't do this. This is bad. These guys are under my protection. And they go, you're always judging us. You're always judging. <laughs> so even him being there was just, was a judge, but you know what? He didn't, he didn't preach like, like, um, Jonah. Right. So the thing about Jonah was he was, he was, you know, he wasn't happy about being there, but he did it. He obeyed God and the God spared the city. Lot did not open his mouth. Lot, you know, lived righteously and they still thought that they were being judged, but Lot never said, Hey, by the way, brothers, sisters, um, God loves you. You could, you yeah. could do better. Your life could be better. And so what do we learn from these two cities? Well, we learn number one, that if people will do the right thing, God will not hurt you. He will right. give you, he will <laughs> receive you. But if you don't, you're, you're doomed. You're absolutely yeah. doomed. We also learn that if we speak and say and obey God, right? Jonah did not want to do it. How many times have we been like that? We don't want to, I don't want to give that guy 50 bucks, whatever, right. <laughs> you know, whatever the Lord say. And, and then, um, but when we even grudgingly obey, but we obey, then God does miracles for us. And if we want to have uh, America saved and who doesn't, and I have kids, <laughs> I have grandkids, right. I want America saved, brother. I'm not in to America's destruction, but you know what? America's on the course to some bad stuff and we need to repent and mm. it starts judgment begins where brother at the, the house, house of god the house of god that's right yeah so we got to say well we're going to start obeying god you mm -hmm. know i i love what my friend um had on his desk you know years ago what is it about the word go that you don't understand it was a picture of jesus <laughs> you know because he says in matthew 28 go it's right. all the world. And, you yep. know, I was thinking about going down to Alki Beach, which is West Seattle here, a uh, very popular beach. Not, it was, you know, relatively nice day. And I was like, Lord, do you want me to go to West Seattle? He's like, I already told you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what is it about go that you understand? You know, I don't need a special word to go witness for Jesus with my guitar and my sound system. Yep. And right. do worship and tell people that Jesus loves them and he will forgive them if they'll turn. Right. Amen. It doesn't have to be like, he's, you know, he's not angry, you know, but the Bible says he's angry at sin all the time. Right. He's angry about it, but, but he's not angry at us. If we'll just do what, just come to him, you know, you can't save yourself. I can't save myself. I can't change my heart. I wish I could, but I can't actually, I'm glad I can't because it makes me rely on him. Yep. I need, I need Jesus to change my heart. I need the father to change my heart. I need to be filled with the Holy spirit. I need to live a life like that. And I care enough to stand up and say, that stinks. You're not transing my child without my permission. And these things are, you know, these things are happening right here in Washington state right now. Yes. We've got, yes. we've got to do something brother. And I don't, you know, I think that 
you know, yes, we pray and we pray and we want God to do things. But when the angel shows up, you know, I mean, they were praying and praying and praying. They get Peter out of jail. And when he showed up at the door, they thought it was an angel. They're like, no, he's dead. That's his spirit. Or something. I don't know what they thought. It was like, <laughs> open the door and find out. Right. right. Um, so even when they're praying and stuff and stuff is happening, God's answering their prayer. They're still in like not functioning in it. Right. And the yes. angel, the angel goes in the prison and he has to whack Peter on the side and then get up and get dressed. Now move. We're getting out of here. And Peter's like, I thought I was dreaming. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he saw to get up and walk out. Yes. Right. Paul yes. had to get in the basket and get down, let down the hill. We get let down the wall. You know what I'm saying? The the, yep. the Israelites had to walk around Jericho 13 times with trumpets blowing and shouting. Yep. They had to do what they had to do, what they had needed to do. And we need to do what we need to do to save America. Amen, and it's brother. not, and it's not, I, I'm fortunately, I'm not the Holy Spirit. So I can't tell you the listeners what to do. You've got to have a relationship with God. You got to pray and read your Bible. You get to spend time with God and you get to hear what he says. And then when he tells you to do something scary, just go do it scared. Hey, I can't agree more. <laughs> I, I keep on preaching. So for our listeners out there, Doug mentioned earlier that he is running for office. Um, yes, for a different office, not Congress. Once again, back but, into the fray, but, dear friends. But uh, when you feel that, and I love this too, because we've been talking about election integrity. I've talked to literally thousands of Eastern Washington citizens uh, over the last probably decade. I'm running campaigns, lieutenant governor, uh, different races and so forth. And I hear all the time, our vote doesn't count. It's King County that sways everything. Oh, it's cheating. Yes, it's been proven that there's been problems with the Dino Rossi election. They've been proven there, uh, in the 2016 election that there's been issues with King County. We understand that. Can you imagine a man of God elected to King County elections at the very, very least? You can know that the ballots that are entered are counted correctly. And I guarantee you that that would be a breath of fresh air. Maybe, just maybe, all of our neighbors, of the, the conservative Republican candidate that gets nominated this cycle in 2024 will have a fair shot. That'll be Donald Trump, be. by the way. Just saying. Well, yeah. <laughs> for governor, I think. Governor. Oh, for but, governor. Uh, I thought you meant for, for governor. governor. You know, and I'll get there in a second. But I'm, I'm kind of rooting for Jim Moore. Didn't have to worry about the ballots being counted in King County. They'd be counted at the same times everywhere else. I think that would be enough alone to support my brother, Doug Bassler. And if you have a candidate, whether it be Jim Walsh or Semi Bird or whatever, for governor that you want to get behind, you should get behind Doug as well. I say this not only because he's my friend, my brother, um, but think about the benefit to your candidate to have a candidate that like Doug with integrity over the election system. And as King County goes, we know that's how the state goes when it comes to election. I think it's a huge, uh, that's taking down Goliath, brother. I, I just love it. Now, Trump, you mentioned Trump. Um, I've got a lot of conservative friends that heard uh, Senator Tim Scott's kickoff speech and saying, I think I'm gonna support him. So you have a DeSantis who's not even running yet is way behind. He will announce this week, I think. Okay. Within the next Trump few days, maybe by the time they, this show airs. Yeah. Leading in the polls like crazy. And now you have Tim Scott in, you have maybe, like I said, DeSantis uh, jumping in. It's going to be crazy. 
interesting. I don't know Tim Scott at all. I know he's a conservative from North Carolina. Um, you would hope that we would coalesce around the candidate that has won and will win again, well, no matter where you're at, to save America. What do you think about it? I know you're a Trump supporter. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I just think that, you know, I love Tim. I really do. I think he's a great guy. Yeah. And I love Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is great. Ron is young. He's in his yes. 40s, early 40s, mid 40s. And he's got time. And we need him for bench. And he needs to, to really get, you know, really just finish the job in Florida, right? He just got elected. He's just get, kind of getting rolling on Florida. Let's let him finish the job. Uh, Tim, God bless him. You know, I just think he's, I, I just, I really just, I really love him. I think, I mm -hmm. think the guy, you know, the first thing that happened when he got attacked by the view is he started quoting the Bible, dude. I mean, it's a, just something about that. a, there's something about a guy that'll do that. That you just like, I love the guy. But I just believe there's an anointing on uh, President Trump. And, uh, you know, we've seen him. We've been there. We've been in the rallies. We've 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 had a chance to experience, um, you know, the person. And um, and again, you know, we at this time, we don't need a pastor. You know, we don't need a Jimmy Carter. We need. Uh, we need a Muhammad Ali, man. We need a street fighter. We need somebody who can get in there and take on this corrupt Justice Department, this absolutely corrupt uh, intelligence uh, situation that we're facing and um, and actually do something about it. You know, mm -hmm. so we need an attorney general that will actually prosecute. And, you know, it it's going to be tough. I mean, this is you know, this is war, but we cannot give up. On America and this idea that we just want everybody to be nice. The other side ain't nice. They mm -hmm. uh, the, the Washington State Democrats passed a bill into law that is law in Washington State that if your child wants to run away or is is talked into running away by a teacher or a trusted adult, they can be put in foster care without your knowledge and transitioned given drugs given surgery, even underage, and you wouldn't even know the state had them. That is the law in Washington state right now. Yep. And if and I had, a, if I had a young teenagers right now, I would get out of Washington. I would yep. take them and I would move out. And then Washington's yep. telling them, come bring them here, bring them yes. over the state, you know, so that's kidnapping. Idaho, Oregon. That is bring kidnapping. Yes. If, if, uh, if, if somebody did that, that's federal, but is the, if the FBI going to do anything? No, because they, you know, yes. Epstein was a was an operation, right? In, so, in addition to that, brother, I'm just saying, and to make it, what Doug said was 100% true, but the law also, along with Bob Ferguson, who's running for governor, uh, put him to place, if the parent were to find out and actually go sue the state, the, the, um, the prosecuting attorney, Bob Ferguson, right, the attorney general, would use taxpayer dollars to defend the state against you as a parent. We've got to take our rights back as parents, protect our kids, as Doug says. Um, but this is the laws that are being passed because, once again, we've talked about this for years, because we've abdicated our place in civic government, the unrighteous are passing unrighteous bills 
that's an affront to our values and our, and our way of life. This is like so, doctrines of demons, dude. I, I agree with Franklin Graham. I think we're facing a, a, a serious spiritual war. And so we just right now in the name of Jesus over the airwaves, we take authority over every unclean devil, every unclean spirit. We bind you in the name of Jesus. We have that authority over you. We command you to go under the throne of Jesus until the day of judgment. You will not take authority over Washington state anymore. We loose the mighty warring angels of God over Washington state right now. I just proclaim that in an in agreement Amen. with all those that are listening. And, um, and we've got to remember that we have that authority and that we must be willing to take up our cross every day. You know, I read that in the Bible just, just the other day where he was saying, you know, if you love your son or daughter more than me, if you, you know, if you don't take up your cross daily, you know, you've got to literally die daily is what Paul said. I die daily. Be willing to suffer. That's what make what's why do we respect the, you know, those that gave their lives on Memorial Day weekend, uh, which we're celebrating this weekend, it because they they sacrificed, they gave up something that we could have something. And isn't our country worth fighting for? Isn't our family, our church, our schools, our neighborhoods, isn't it worth fighting for, brother? That's right. hundred percent. I'm with you. Let's fight. Let's go. <laughs> let's do this. And, uh, and also let's have a great weekend too. This is Doug and Marty versus the world. You can go to Doug and Marty.com actually stream past episodes. You can also do it on your favorite streaming services and even your smart speaker speaker. You could say, Hey Siri, Hey Alexa, play Doug and Marty versus the world. And they will do it for you. This is Doug Bassler and Marty McClendon, Doug and Marty versus the world. Have a great Memorial day weekend. Yeah. Eat a burger for me, brother.